Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft. I'm joined today with uh, Jake Jackman, who is going to be so kind, I believe, and take us through all the results roundup uh, starting on Friday, I believe it was, Jake. Yeah, there's two games on Friday this week. Mm. Uh, Fulham beat Wigan 2-0 at home uh, to continue their... It's a mixed start to the season, but they're, you know, they're still in touching distance, four points off the top, so they'll be relatively happy with that. Nottingham Forest came from behind to beat Stoke 3-2 um, in what was one of the more eye-catching results of the weekend um, and some interesting stuff going off off the field with Nathan Jones as well in quite an interesting press conference, which we might uh, talk about later. West mm-hmm. Brom beat 10-man QPR 2-0 uh, at Saturday lunchtime. Swansea drew 1-0 with Reading. Blackburn lost 2-1 to Luton. Cholton Somehow managed to beat Leeds 1-0, uh, despite having barely any shots in the game, as they did in, in other games this season, so it seems to be a trend with them. Derby um, put behind some of the off-field issues with a 3-2 win at home to Birmingham. Huddersfield drew 1-0 to Millwall. Hull drew 2-0 with Cardiff. Sheffield Wednesday won 4-1 away to Middlesbrough in what was an incredible first-half display that I'm sure you'd like to talk about in a little bit. I Preston will. <laughs> and Bristol City, two of the informed teams in the division, drawing 3 0 in what was a great game at Deepdale. And then Brentford came from behind to beat Barnsley 3 1 on Sunday. Thank you for that, Jake. Uh, appreciate you doing that. I'm going to throw it back to you, though. And as ever, we're going to talk about wins or shocks and surprises. So, what stands out as the biggest win or result for you from those fixtures, Jake? Yeah, I think you've got to go to Charlton beating Leeds. I'm still of the view that Leeds are going to win promotion this season still mm. think they're probably the best team in the league um sort of if you go man to man and look at their performances um i think they are probably the best team so for charlton to beat them despite any other three shots in the game leads had 19 so you know it does show you um the type of game it was but then charlton have, have been so good at digging in this year and they've um on a number of occasions had games like this where they've just dug in um Managed to keep a clean sheet. They've got one of the better defences, I think, in the league so far. They've been quite impressive in that regard. Um, and they were just really quite good in this game. And although Leeds had a lot of shots, if you looked at the expected goals, it was only at 1.6. So, yeah, you'd expect them to maybe score from the chance they had. But it wasn't like they were creating clear-cut after clear-cut chance. It was a lot of shots from range. Uh, and Charlton were very good at crowding the mid- middle areas and making them go wide and a really really good tactical display from Cholton. Um and it seems that this is just gonna be the style they're gonna play and they're gonna frustrate a lot of teams. Um, you know, on occasionally they will they will suffer a big a big loss if, if you're giving up that many shots, even if they're playing yeah. range, occasionally you will get a big uh, a big loss. But I think they will frustrate teams and they will be able to score goals on the break and, and 
Leeds probably the best team in the league, or or arguably arguably the best team in the league, and they managed to do it against Leeds like this. It, against other teams, they will get more chances. So I think you can be really confident as a Charlton fan, and and Lee Bowyer really looks like one of the best managers in the division. Really, for me, I think this season he's been excellently tactical, uh, excellent tactically, and he and he deserves, deserves all the praise. Um, another game, I think, slightly surprised me. I'm I'm not picking any of the big ones, so I'll let you go through them, but. Luton going away to Blackburn and winning two one surprised me a little bit. I think Luton have gone under the radar somewhat. I think they're they're not doing great, but they're doing pretty well for a promoted team. Um, yeah, five points clear of the bottom three at the moment. Got three wins. Um, scored fourteen goals, so they do score a lot of goals. Probably need to tighten up at the back, but this is a really good display. Um, and you know those players that came up with them from League One are the ones that are. Um, you know, stepping in and contributing. James Collins here um, in this game um, played really well up front. And then you've got Brown um, behind him, Isaiah Brown, Izzy Brown, obviously. Very well known from, from coming through the Chelsea Academy. Um, had a number of loan spells in the Championship. And at 22 years old, he looks like a great signer for Luton and added some dynamism to their, to their attack. And he looks to be a great signing. So, um, yeah, I think those two for me, I think I, I expected Blackburn to win in a the thing with Blackburn is, you know, they talk about as a playoff team. They're only on 13 points at the moment, only only six points off the top. But yeah, they've had a lot of poor defeats for me. Um, I think that from the games they've had, I'd expected a little bit more from them. They had the loss here, um, loss against West Brom, which which isn't you know a bad result, and then a draw against Cardiff, which you know it can happen. But you look at Cardiff and you think that might be one they should have won. I just think for for me, I expected more from Blackburn at this point of the season. Um, but you know that they're, they're they're going okay, um, and you know if they'd have won this game, they'd have been up on seventeen points, and we'd have been talking about them as as potential promotion candidates. So you know can't can't overestimate one game. But this is definitely one they should have won, and and building off from um, a home defeat earlier in the year to Charlton as well. You just think that these might be two results to regret when when we come to the end of the season. Yeah, you've certainly picked a couple of games there that I were going to mention. I think regarding the Blackburn fixture, um, I certainly expected them to win against Luton, particularly as Blackburn had won their previous two. Luton had lost their previous two. So, yes, that is a huge victory for Luton. I'll just touch on the Charlton-Leeds game again, even though there was an element of luck in the goal, uh, potentially coming off Dallas's backside in many ways and and falling into the net. But um, it's not the first time this season that we've seen Leeds um, lose or drop points in that regards, is it? Where they've had so much possession and shots, and and you know the same happened against Swansea uh, in many ways. But yes, I think uh, Leeds will certainly be up there at the end of the season. It's just a couple of misfortune games that they've had in that regard. But yeah, they need to put those losing one nil, you know, results to bed as quick as possible because it's it's happening. You know, nine games in now, that's second or third time they've dropped points in similar circumstances. And then the other game for me, um, I was going to pick out Forest, but we are going to touch on them in, in one of the topics. Uh, but yeah, it's got to be Sheffield Wednesday. There's not many times I can, uh, you know, sit down and talk to you, Jake, and say that Sheffield Wednesday, one of the biggest wins of the weekend, particularly on the road. Um, so it's fantastic for me and Wednesday fans at the minute that we did go to Borough. Um, you know, we've, we've finally got that 
attacking wide man that can run past players in Kadeem Harris and he's you know Fletcher's scored five goals this season and he's you know one of the players that's certainly stand out because of crosses coming into the box uh, three more headed goals against Middlesbrough and yeah all the goals in the first half we were 4-1 up after 36 minutes I couldn't believe my eyes to be honest um, I can't remember the last time we probably scored four goals even never mind after you know, in the first half and 36 minutes. So, uh, yeah, that was a great victory for Wednesday. But on, on the flip side of that, you've also got to ask questions regarding Middlesbrough, I think, um, because, you know, two wins now from nine games for Jonathan Woodgate. And, you know, there's certainly going to be question marks, particularly when you do lose at home 4-1 to a side, you know, like Sheffield Wednesday, where, you know, I'm not saying aren't going to do well this season, but it's not your Leeds or your West Broms or your Fulhams with, you know, attacking players that, that they have. So to lose to Wednesday, that was a, you know, Sorry loss for them in that state. Uh, but moving on to player of the week, Jake, um, I know we've mentioned a couple already. Any any players that stand out for you in particular that you'd like to mention? Yeah, I think um, for me, uh, a game that I saw um, a lot of was the, the QPL West Brom game. But Nathan Ferguson played excellently there. You know, an 18-year-old. Come, he's been he did, given yeah. a chance by Slavin Bilic. Kind of reminiscent of uh, Ryan Sisson on it a few years ago, though he came for a younger age. But it's reminiscent of it, and I think he looks like he's a really talented player. And it's quite, you know, it's it's quite refreshing to see um, Billich come in and and not rely on the the big names. He obviously has Kieran Gibbs in the squad, but he's given Ferguson a chance. He's, he was excellent in this game, and you know he's shown his form. Um, he's been quite impressive throughout his run in the team. Obviously, he's a little bit raw, but could see the attacking quality he has he offers a lot there he he's only going to get better and i thought he was really really good in this game um and and to play like that in the away game as well you know it can be easier for young players to, to do well at home so i think that that was a really really impressive performance from him um and i thought for for derby um obviously a difficult week that we're probably going to touch on a little bit later yeah but chris martin coming in there getting a golden assist i thought he, he was very very good um we know what he can do um, in the championship. He, he sort of had a weird sort of two or three years, hasn't he? When, when yeah. he went to Fulham and there was that big fiasco about him wanting to go back to Derby to, to rejoin with Steve McLaren. And he, he went to Reading for a little bit. He's just had a weird few years. But he's got back in the team now, got a goal and assist, looked really, really good. Um, and just offers something a little bit different. And I think his experience is, is going to be really important. You know, Curtis Davis coming back in the team there as well. And... and after what happened with Richard Keogh, he's not going to feature again this season. Just seeing Martin and Davis come in there uh, after what has been quite a difficult start, I think that's going to add some real experience and leadership um, at the perfect time for Derby, really. It's only their second win of the season, their first since the opening day. So I think that, yeah, I think Martin had a really, really big impact on the game. Um, and Derby will be hoping that he can you know, get back to his best. Yeah, he certainly did well. Uh, obviously, you've mentioned a few players that I've got listed there, but I've got a couple more. Um, Izzy Brown, you've already touched on for Luton, but I thought he did really well. He got both assists in that game for Luton, and, and he is very much a clog in their wheel. I, I think you know Izzy Brown's a player that can be one of those players that keeps them up in the division this season. He is a talent, obviously, only young. Uh, we've seen him in the championship before and what he can do. So, yes, he had a great game, a great game 
away at Blackburn. Um, I can't not mention Adam Reach um, in Sheffield Wednesday's win. I'm going to touch upon that again. He seems to like playing against his former club Middlesbrough. He scored on, uh, I believe it was Boxing Day, at the end of uh, last year against Middlesbrough away. And then this time he grabbed a goal and an assist. So he had a decent game, particularly when he's been slightly out of favour this last few months or, or weeks, should I say, at uh, the start of the season with Jacob Murphy coming in. Um, he's not featured as, as much as he'd like to, but that's his first goal in a long time. So uh, he had a decent game, as did many of the Wednesday players. And then for me, the, the player of the week, I can't look past Ollie Watkins' hat-trick uh, away to Barnsley for Brentford. And actually... I'm going to put it out there, Jake, and ask you the question in the second. But with Ollie Watkins now scoring seven of Brentford's eight goals this season, which is a uh, contribution ratio of 88%, for me, he's probably my favourite player in the championship, actually. I'd love him at my club, as would so many others. Uh, But I see Watkins as one of those players similar to let's say, a Tammy Abraham or a James Madison at Leicester, where he's ready now maybe for making that Premier League move. Uh, I really think he's that good and he can play anywhere, you know, in attack from the wing to the striker role. Do you think that within a year he might not be at Brentford, unfortunately, for Bees fans? Or, or can you see him being there for the long haul? I just think he's got to that point now where he is uh, very critical in, in, you know, in front of goal and... Um, is you know going to be lots of teams watching him? Yeah, I, I think he definitely looks like one of the next ones to to move on to the Premier League. It's still only twenty three, so still relatively young. He's had a good few years at um, Brentford. Really, I think it's been a really good grounding for him. Uh, yeah. More pay moving on uh, has opened up an opportunity for him there, and he, he's taken it. Uh, being used as a central striker more where he was. At Exeter, uh, he did really well at Exeter in League Two when he was when he was a teenager, and, and he was playing as a as a central forward then. So I think it it's nice to see him go back in that role, and he does look a, a different class um, in that position. Had that chance as well, where he hit the the woodwork twice, didn't he? So he could have had even more yeah, in the day. Yeah, so quite an incredible piece of play that was, and, and probably showed why Brentford continually lead the league in expected goals because they just bring out chances like that and still don't put them away. It's ridiculous. Mm. But uh, I think Brentford have got a really, really talented team, actually. Um, with, with them as well, they always rebuild in the summer. They always have players leave. It's just the model they have. So you've got to expect them to have a slow start. It's, it's just what happens at Brentford. But we saw against Barnsley, really, what they can produce in attack. You know, you saw Canos. He was really, really good. Ben Rahm, yeah. we all know what he can do. I think Jensen... Uh, looks a player in, in centre uh, center midfield and then you've got Embuemo who's, who's really highly talented and he's he's not even got into the team yet and they just consistently churn out these players and, and if Watkins does go there's probably other players there that will just step in and do a similar thing but I think that was a performance that could really just set Brentford going for the season um, with with the championship this year there's no teams that are really running away with it everyone's dropping points as they often do in the league and you just think that a team like Brentford um if they do get going, they can really challenge for that top six. They're on 11 points at the moment. You know, you see from, from West Brom in first down to down to Wigan in 21st, there's only 11 points in it. Like, it's yeah. it's not a lot at all. Um, so I think Brentford are a team that I'm kind of expecting to break out a little bit in the next few weeks. Um, 
I think there's been a lot of games this year where they probably should have taken more than they did. Uh, and it's a result like that, scoring three goals, sort of getting that, that hoodoo of your, your goal-scoring problems off your back like that. Um, they've had many a game this year where they haven't scored, but I think that that could really set them going, and I, I'm expecting big things from them. Watkins to be at the, the, the forefront of it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I agree. I remember only about two, three weeks ago, we did a topic on Brentford and um, they seemed to be struggling at the time, but they'd had a lot of draws, but they weren't conceding any goals. And we said that then they've still only conceded seven all season, despite only scoring eight. Um, there's only Swansea with a better defensive record in the division. Oh no, sorry, Leeds as well. So uh, Brentford are uh, the third um, best defence in the championship so far this season. But I fully expect them to continue climbing the table. And as we know, over 46 games, I think they'll probably be in touching distance of the playoffs as well. One of the games that I didn't mention, like I said, in the... um, uh, results round up and you know one of the big wins although it was against Stoke who were really struggling we can talk about Nathan Jones because I saw that press conference as well Jake uh, but I want to bring you on to Nottingham Forest basically and and do you think they are you know one of the dark horses for this season they've gone under the radar slightly they're sat in third just one point off West Brom in first and I know there's lots of teams in that top half of the division with barely any points between them but Forest have only lost one game all season um they've won five out of nine uh, they seem to be clicking uh, for whatever reason and then that victory against Stoke although like I said Stoke are struggling and being on the road um, it's still another win so what are your thoughts on Forest going forward in the short term and long term and and, and Stoke if you like as well because I know you wanted to touch on Jones Jake yeah not in Forest I said a few weeks ago um, I think we were doing a prediction for, for, for a game might have been the Fulham game I said I just think not in Forest one of the things that could really push on the season and yeah. definitely got something about them where at that point I was uncertain about them and I said that they're, they're a difficult team to predict and they can go anywhere and win and they've got the talent I did I was a little bit reluctant to back them completely then but they have been really really impressive recently um, and it does seem to be clicking on under the new manager uh, somebody that we had doubts about when he when he joined but seems to have taken to English football well um, and yeah, I think they're definitely a team that could that could uh, challenge for promotion. I think that, that Graben's a consistent goal scorer. Uh, Joe Lawley has got that X factor that you need sometimes, and I think there's more to come from him. Matty Cash seems to have taken this game to a new consistent level this year. Still only 22, looks a, a really really good player. Um, 
And then you've got, you know, Ben Watson, Michael Dawson added a little bit of experience, Cole Jenkinson there. Sammy Amiobi has been really, really good. Um, yeah, he has. Newcastle fan. I know he's frustrating at times, but he does have that just dynamism. He can create a chance out of nothing. He's really good at running with the ball, creating space for others. I think he's a sort of an underrated signing. And they've still got those those Portuguese players there um, that could push on and, and become something even more. Joel Carvalho is obviously the obvious one. Uh, hasn't had too many games this season, but he's, he's somebody there that can that could push on. Um, yeah, I think they've got every right to be excited. Um, and I think the new manager is showing a a level of ability that we haven't seen from previous managers, especially not Martin O'Neill. I just think that it was it was an upgrade that was needed, uh, and they're really benefiting from it. The only thing at the moment is how they how they will play against some of the smaller teams. Um, you know, especially at home, I think they're better suited to playing away from home. Really, we saw against Preston, um, one a, a good team, uh, and Barnsley, they sort of struggled in those games. Took four points out of them, but you, know, you want to see a little bit more from them at home uh, at times. But I definitely think they're better suited playing away from home. But you can, you can, their quality is obvious. Um, and I yep. think that you, they're definitely one to be con- considered uh, for automatic promotion. I still think that like some West Brom and Leeds probably got a little bit more um, even Bristol City as well, I can see being up there, but they're contenders definitely. Um, and when you look at some of the players that haven't really featured pro- uh, heavily there, like Carvalho, like I just mentioned, they do have talent in the wing. They've got such a deep squad, and but yeah, well, I'd be surprised not to see them in the in the top six at the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. The signs are really good at the beginning of the season, and I think they're going to raise a few eyebrows along the way. If not, you know, they're doing that in many ways already, particularly with a couple of results they've had this season that we've mentioned, you know, going away to Fulham, etc. But they just seem to be consistently picking up points, and they're one of the informed teams in this division and that front three like you touched upon there you know I think Amiobi, Graben, Lolly all suit each other well and this is probably you know we've talked about Amiobi in the past and he, he seems to have been like around for quite a long time now but I think he's wor- really well suited to this Forest side and I think that's why we're seeing the best from him uh, but do you want to touch on Jones as well I know I saw that press conference as well where he's saying you know, in many ways, he, he thought he might have gone by now and he, he doesn't want to walk out. But, you know, time and time again, we've, we've questioned Stoke before, haven't we, Jake? And said, is, you know, what is wrong with them in many ways? Um, it seems as though Jones can't put his finger on it. But, you know, nine games in now, still without a win. Uh, what's your thoughts around this time? Yeah, it was a really odd sort of interview, but sort of... He- he just sort of looked like a he looked like a man with so much passion for what he was doing, but sort of just couldn't quite believe quite what has happened there. Um, mm. I do sympathise with him a bit because I think since he's taken over, that they, they haven't got the results that maybe their performances have, have warranted. I think in the last few weeks that's, that's sort of subsided. I don't think they've been great in the last few weeks, but before then there was there was definitely cause for optimism there, and it's just big errors can. Just keep costing him. Um, I think you see it with with um, Butland in goal. He's he's made yeah several big big errors, um, and it's so difficult to manage in the, in that situation. Like the morale must be so low. And against Forest, it, they were playing all right. They looked they looked decent for 
much of the game, and then they just that goal went in, and you know they just lost it. Um, so mm. I, I think they, I think if if they got faith in their squad to stay up, they should keep with Jones for a little bit. I think I don't think their season their season's pretty much right off now. Anyway, they're not going to get anywhere near promotion. So if you're gonna if you think this is the guy for you, you've got to give him more time. He probably needs, you know, another transfer window. Get rid of some of these players, sort of bring in younger players um, from lower down the leagues or from other championship clubs that maybe buy into what Jones is doing a little bit more. If you're going to back him, you need to back him now. But I don't think they've got much to lose from backing him. It's just it's difficult to see where it turns. But you know, in years gone by, managers would get time to sort this out. But whether he gets it or not. I'm, I think the fact he hasn't gone yet shows that he's he might get have another game in him next two games back. But um, if you look at their you know upcoming games, Huddersfield at home that's a huge one. Swansea mm. away that that Huddersfield game I think could six pointer isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, two managers really highly rated for what they've done lower down the league. Both without a win so far. Both near the bottom of the table with only two points. It is a huge game. Um, it is huge, and, and and maybe he's going to get that one uh, with Stoke at home. I think they've got to be, you know, do the running in that one and, and really take take hold of the game and try and win that one. So, but that is the game that could turn it for either either club. So, yeah. if he's still in charge there and he wins it, might still have more time left. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I watched it also, and he's basically just he just can't put his finger on his on his team or himself, and he, he doesn't know which way to turn, does he? And I, in, in many ways, I feel sorry for him as well because I actually still don't think it's Jones that's the issue. Um, there's some underlying problem with the first team squad, I believe, and they don't help themselves because they continue to make these mistakes, like you mentioned. Um, but it, it's strange because, you know, they, they were losing games, but now they seem to be scoring goals, but they're still conceding more than scoring. And you only have to look at, you know, Friday's result for that, you know, losing 3-2 to Forest. So um, it's a strange situation, particularly with the squad that they've got, that they just can't find points from anywhere. Uh, but conceding 20 goals already from nine games, it's not looking good. Um, but we'll see where they're at in a few more weeks' time. Uh, but let's move on to uh, Derby County. They've been in the news a lot recently, haven't they, Jake? Um, what's your take on the drink-driving incident and your thought process around that? Yeah, it's it's not a great one, is it? Um type of thing could happen to any football club out there, really. Um, yeah, it's just kind of not unfortunate, but yeah, I, I guess it is unfortunate for Derby that's happened to them. You know, players in players need to take more responsibility, um, and it's kind of stupid and seeing themselves as above the rest of you know the rest of <laughs> rest of civilization, thinking that they can just <laughs> yeah. go around and maybe think they're invincible. Richard Keogh probably feels a quite a massive idiot now really in recent new seasons he's been the sort of the figurehead of the derby dressing room he's been so important for them um barely missed a game and now he's he might never play for the club again and mm. <laughs> you know he's they're saying he's up to he, he's probably out for up to 15 months that, that is quite remarkable isn't it um 
It's a long time, yes, for an injury. Um, if in inverted commas, <laughs> some of the other ones players involved as well. Uh, Tom Lawrence is just a yeah. He's he's a, he hasn't really played to the potential that we know he can do. Um, yeah, he's been involved, and, and Mason Bennett has, has been a player that's come through the academy, and he's he's sort of they've they've sort of all thrown thrown it away a little bit and. I wouldn't blame Derby for not playing any of them for the for the coming months at least. Um, Keogh definitely won't be playing any of those matches. But it, the way Derby responded uh, and the players uh, that did come in and play well gives them right to be optimistic that they can recover from this. But it's, it's just idiotic, really. Um, you can't really defend it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a complete lack of respect for the club, um, particularly when it's your club captain that's one of the people involved and like you say Richard Key out for that length of time is crazy I mean in many ways it's definitely a good job they've got Rooney coming in in January um, but at the same time you know Koku might have needed this This could be in many ways a blessing in disguise because they might kick on from it because I think he was struggling a little as manager of Derby and you know it may, it may sound stupid to say that but you know, collectively they might come together and better as a team on the field. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But I think it's, you know, a reminder that no player is is, is bigger than a football club. And and in in this incident, you know, players have been exposed, and 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 it won't be the well, it's not, it's not been the first time this has happened, and and it won't be the last either. Um, it's like you say, Jake. It's you know, another another year or eighteen months. I'm, I'm sure incident like this will happen once again, as as they always do at football clubs, where you know, like you say, some some players with egos and and you know <laughs> don't stick to the law, shall we say, um, get found out. So um, it's just a shame for Derby County, but hopefully they can see themselves through it and Koku can, you know see light at the end of the tunnel and, and things move forward, particularly when it does get to Christmas and, you you know, the, the big news will be that Rooney will be arriving and, and, and things like the Keogh incident might be put to bed. Uh, but let's talk about, and we've talked about this a lot in the past, so we, we won't dwell on it, but there's thoughts on a possible breakaway that the championship might move on from the English Football League, all to do with money and TV deals again, once, you know, like, like we've talked about in the past. Do, do you think not necessarily your insight about how you feel about it, but but do you think it is getting to a point now where that should happen, and, and do you do you think it should happen, basically? Um, I just... I'm, I'm not certain, to be honest. Um, I, I don't like all the changes happening in football, Louis. I don't quite like it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can see the, the fi- potential financial benefits from it, but... I just, I just think with all these moves being made and just a focus on money, we're just going to see more things happen, uh, yeah. like the Berry stuff we've seen, uh, Bolton. I just, I agree. Yeah, I think if you if I agree. if you go too much in one direction, you're going to get the fall. You're going to get the the wrong type of people coming into the game. You're going to get more examples like this. Um, you know, it's Berry this time. It could be, could be your club, could be my club next time. You know, you never yeah. know what's going to happen, and that. I think sometimes chasing the money can can be a bad thing, so I wouldn't be too too desperate for it to happen, to be honest. But I can see it's probably going that way. 
Yeah, I know there's been talk of a Premier League two in the past. And just to put it into perspective, um, the Championship Premier, uh, sorry, the, the Championship TV deal is is five hundred and ninety five million. Um, when you compare that to the four point five billion in the Premier League, obviously the, the difference is huge, and it is. If your bigger teams in the championships that suffer, you know, that are on TV and, and they're not getting the money that you, you so-called should be, uh, you know, you, you're Nottingham Forest, you Leeds United, um, West Broms, you know, clubs with massive fan bases and they're on TV quite often and, you know, they're not reaping the awards for that. You know, gate receipts, you could say, are slowly, you know, not dramatically, but going down by a thousand or two thousand per game when they're on TV, um, and I know clubs oppose this proposition, if you like. Um, but then so we've also got the red button on Sky now as well, haven't we? Where you know fans can watch you know games on TV more often, and, and I'm going to be a culprit of that. You know, tomorrow evening when Sheffield Wednesday take on Hull City away at the KCOM. Um and I, and I'll watch that on Sky simply because it's just available to me. In f- you know, in front of me, but I'm sure there's many fans, particularly Hull fans, may not go to the game because of that reason as well. Um, so, yes, I don't know the answer to this either, um, but it is just becoming, you know, each season. I think we've had this as a topic for the last three or four seasons on the Championship show now, Jake, and it will get to a point where simply something's going to happen. I wish in many ways, like you, st- like you say, that the history and, you know, not everything should be about money. But then if there's such a gap between the Premier League and the Championship, and we, we all understand that the Premier League is, is where the money is at, but the, the gap is also huge. Um, something's going to have to be done. And um, hopefully it may, you know, happen towards the end of this season. Uh, but let's talk previews and predictions, Jake. Um, there's many games coming up, actually. There's obviously the midweek ones, but we're going to go straight into Friday and Saturday's games. Um, very even games. So this, you know, the table will turn and flip again on its head in many ways. Um, so I've picked out four key fixtures from the round of games coming up from this weekend. I'm going to start with Friday night, if you don't mind, Jake, and that is Birmingham versus Middlesbrough. What's your prediction for that one? Yeah, this is going to be a a fascinating fixture, really. With Both teams have still got a lot of question marks, but both teams and both managers, really. Um, yeah. Birmingham's home record is pretty good, really. They've taken seven, seven points from possible 12. Um, you look at Middlesbrough away from home, um, only taken two points uh, on the road so far, two draws out of four games. So probably say Birmingham the favourites, um, but you'd expect Middlesbrough to come out with some sort of a reaction after what happened on Saturday, sort of being blown away at home by Sheffield Wednesday, uh, former manager yeah. as well, and Gary Monk. You, you expect a reaction. Um, I think I think I'm going to go for the for the Birmingham win. You know, for for Millsby's sake, I really hope there is a, a reaction in, in performance. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, both sides have lost two on the bounce now. And not only that, the two teams, what I see as underperforming, particularly Middlesbrough, you know, where they are in the league. We've touched on that. But even Birmingham, to an extent, I think they should be in the top half of the division come the end of it. So uh, for that reason alone, yeah, I think just like you say, at home, Birmingham... Um, 
picking up points. So I'm going to go 1-0 to Birmingham in this one. That takes us into Saturday, the 3 o'clock kickoff. Uh, I've picked out West Brom, who are top, uh, versus Cardiff, who came down from the Premier League, currently sat 12th. What's your prediction for that one? Another really, really interesting game and one that I'm sure a lot about Cardiff especially. Um, they might be down in 12th, but they've only... They've only lost twice this season. Um, seems to be quite difficult to beat a classic Warnock team. They just need to be a little, be a little bit more decisive. Um, away from home as well, they're, they're not great. Um, only taking three from possible five. Um, whereas West Brom at home, have, I get, again, they've, got, they've got eight from... got possible eight points. So they're unbeaten in, in all games, but West Brom seem to be really weird and inconsistent. And, and they haven't... Lost the game yet, but they never really seem to win too convincingly uh, for me. Yeah, they need a lot of goals. Um, it's gonna be a very, very interesting game. I'm gonna, you know, I might surprise you. Louis. I think I'm gonna go for a Cardiff win here. I think they really okay. Yeah, they're unbeaten in their last five. They they're becoming difficult to beat again, like the classic Warnock team. And in Glatzel, they seem to have a striker that's starting to find his feet, and it does look like he has the ability to go on and score a lot of goals in this division. So if the West Brom winning run has to come to an end at some point. Um, I think it might come to an end here, and I think Cardiff might just make a statement and announce themselves again as as pre- uh, potential promotion candidates. Yeah, West Brom and Cardiff, although there's a gap in the league, they're both two of the form teams, actually. They haven't lost in a long time, either of these sides. Um, so I'm simply just going on the fact that I know West Brom can score goals at home. Um, and I'm just going to simply say that I think they'll win t- this game 2-1, but it will be tight, like you say, Warnock sides and Cardiff don't concede too many. Um, I know they've conceded 12 this season, but in general... So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 West Brom, and I think they'll stay top of the league in this one. Um, Another game, two quite evenly balanced sides in many ways, despite Blackburn uh, losing against Luton at the weekend. But QPR versus Blackburn, what's your preview and prediction for that one? Again, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, QPR have kind of gone under the radar a little bit. Five wins out of nine, I think they were... Quite a decent team, to be honest. Um, yeah, they are, yeah. Maybe slightly unfortunate to get the red card um, at the weekend, in, the, in that it was a, a game they potentially would have got something out of it if they wouldn't have got the red card. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of expect them to bounce back um, at the weekend. I think the Blackburn have been pretty, been okay this season, but again, I just haven't seen enough from them to make me back up many of people were saying before the season started that they could go on to get the playoffs and I think QPR at home are, are normally a good bet for a win um, yeah I think I'm going to go for a QPR win yeah I am I'm going to go for a convincing win actually for QPR I don't know why I've just got got instinct that they're going to win this 3-1 I think it's simply because such as Wells and Eberichi um, they can turn it on at home and I know they've won two out of five games at home this season, but I think they're capable on beating anyone at Loftus Road. So, yeah, for that reason, I'm going to go 3-1. And then I picked this next game just because I'm so intrigued and we've touched on Jones already. Uh, but it's second against 24th. Uh, so in that regard, it is Swansea City at home to Stoke City, 
what's your prediction from that one? Can he turn things round in this game, or is this a no-go for you, Jay? Difficult one, as always, predicting games at the weekend when there's midweek fixtures. It, it can be impossible. Yeah. Uh, because we just don't know what's going to happen in the week. It might be a new manager by this point. Jones might not be there. True, true, yeah. Swansea might, or, or maybe Stoke won convincingly on, on Tuesday, and Swansea lost away to Charlton, and it's it's a completely different game. You know, you've got... You got to go for a one to win, really. I just think they've been rather reliable this year. Probably disappointed in the in the last few. Um, probably should have beaten Reading, um, and then the, the home loss to Nottingham Forest as well. They've been a couple. You know, they've slowed down a little bit, but I think you know playing against a team that just look completely devoid of confidence and Stoke, and you've just it's one to you've got players playing with confidence that they're playing quick. Football, um, really good style of play that Cooper's getting going there, and they've got Baston up front that is the scoring goal. So, got to go for a Swansea win. Yeah, it's, it is a championship, but it's just impossible to predict anything else. Yeah, same. Um, I think it'll be a comfortable win for Swansea, despite what happens midweek. I just think, yeah, Stoke. I can't, I just can't see where they're going to even get a draw, never mind a win. So, for that reason. As we know how good Swansea have been this season, I'm going to go 2-0 to Swansea City. Um, but yeah, good as we've talked about Jones already this episode, yeah, I'll say good luck to him for the forthcoming games. And it'd be nice for him in many ways to start picking up at least some points just for his sake, basically. Uh, but unfortunately, Jake, uh, with that, we're out of time. So if you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Jake Japan of Twins. I post anything I do there. Um, also going to feature on the Premier League show this coming weekend, so check that out when it is available. And I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter, but more importantly, please remember to follow the show at Championship Pod. Each show, uh, when it goes live, is posted to our pin tweet, so please subscribe, like and retweet the show. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.